0: Everything is Awesome is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, movie, and geek podcasts. Check out some of our other shows like TV Ate My Brain, Let's Chat with Revelin Friends, and Podstalgic at courtsandparts.com.
1: Awesome. Welcome to this week's edition of Everything is Awesome. I am your host, Kev, and this is a show where we sit down and talk to awesome people about awesome things. And while uh, current Kev is anticipating and pre- and, and, and prepping uh, for his 100th episode of Everything is Awesome, by the time you listen to this, we've actually already recorded that episode live at American Comics and Coffeehouse. I'm sure it went great. Big, big thanks to Amalgam Comics and Coffee House for allowing us to record there. Big thanks to uh, Jeff Stormer from Party of One podcast for uh, running a game for us. Heart, point, uh, Heart Points Pod for being there. Uh, okay. And uh, Garrett Smith, Joe Gates, Dan Higgins, and Hannah Detz for being players on the Everything is Awesome, uh, Tabletop is Awesome edition. Uh, You guys will listen to that next week as we hit our 100th episode. But this week, we had to do something really special for the 99th episode. Uh, This is the final... It may not seem like a milestone episode for our guest here. But, oh, it's a milestone episode because this will mark the last time that we do an intro live as we record. We're going to be changing our format up just a little bit to, to... to, we've done it for 100 episodes so let's change it up a little bit is my saying so uh, our guest this week gets to to say that he was the last person to experience this type of intro uh coming from chicago he's a uh improv uh artist i don't know what you guys call yourselves we'll go with that uh he's a writer for darknightnews.com and he's also one of the first dark Knights of the round table that we did a few weeks ago for the justice league movie. Please welcome to the show. Ryan, I know your last name now. Lauer.
0: Well, thank you, Kevin. Wow. I'm so flattered. I'm so flattered. I could have cut you off halfway through because I started to get an ego. So thank you for that. That was very, that was very kind, very kind of you.
1: Well, Ryan, thank you for being on the show officially as
0: a guest and not just part of a round table this time. I'm very, I'm excited about it. I'm like I'm just I'm excited. I like talking to you, so let's let's record it so I can listen to it later, and I can yes. really hate how I sound.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and you're like on a podcast kick now like you were so so we did uh the roundtable a few weeks ago. I think that aired as episode ninety five or something. yeah, and you just were
0: uh, a guest on a uh Batman themed podcast, correct? I was on a Batman on film podcast where we talked about. All the Batman comics from this year, the highs, the highs and not really any lows when it came to Batman. So it was just a for comic book fans and Batman fans. It was a a really good year. And so, yeah, it it all started with you, Kevin. Oh, well, yeah, I got me started on this podcasting thing.
1: Was was that your was everything is awesome slash the Dark Knights of the Round Table, your first
0: podcast? No, but yes. (laughs) Okay, intriguing. Uh, Yes. There we go. We'll just say yes. Why not? (laughs) Okay, fair enough. We'll
1: take the credit at the very end. Yeah,
0: there you go. Everything is Awesome was my first.
1: There you go. Uh, And yeah, you are rounding out, basically, um, you're the last interview of the first 100 episodes of Everything is Awesome before we... Yeah, episode 100 is uh, we're just playing a board game. I uh, I think most podcasts embrace what they do when they celebrate milestones. I tend to go the complete opposite. And for me, like I wanted to have fun and play a game and just kind of have a silly time with some friends and some comedians in the Philadelphia area. Uh, so uh, luckily, one of my friends uh, is a uh, GM master when it comes to tabletop RPGs. He designed his own. <laughs> And um and and he's willing, he's running the game for us. So it's uh but like I said, by the time this airs, uh I had already recorded that episode. Uh but me and you, as we're talking in the present, I'm nervous as heck about it because it's uh four days away, maybe five days away if I do my math right, and I feel like I'm not prepared at all. What? Oh come on. Come on. You can just roll with it, just press record. Well, and that's the beautiful thing about having like doing it uh, like my normal live show, I do like a late night shtick where I, I come out and do a little monologue and then I have my uh, Andy Richter uh, next to me and uh, and then we bring out a couple guests and a comedian or a musician to run out the night and then we and then we take it home. So there's that one has prep this one. Uh, my buddy, Jeff Stormer from Party One, he's doing all the prep because he's running the game for us. I just have to show up and try to be funny, uh, <laughs> which is going to be a tall task because literally every other person that I names uh, that's part of that panel of players, they are comedians or improv uh, improv comedians
0: uh, in Philadelphia. That t- that takes the pressure off of you then. All, you, I all mean- you have to do is just react to them and just giggle.
1: Yeah. Cause I'm not, I'm not trained in anything, uh, not even podcasting. So, uh, you know, so so it's, it's a little nerve wracking to be uh, surrounded by funny people, but that's what I do. That's what makes everything is awesome. Late night slash live shows. Uh, so successful Is I just make sure I pack it with a lot more talented or funnier people than me. Uh, and then everyone goes home happy and laughing. I think you've cracked the formula. That's it, most of my formulas involve me having very little
0: talent or doing very little work. <laughs> Stop it, Kevin. You're a <laughs> talented man. You're talented. I believe
1: you I, uh, at least ambitious at the very least. Yeah. Uh, and go. consistent. So, uh, so I want to, before we get into anything, we started talking minutes before we hit record. I was like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's talk about this. Cause this episode airs, um i guess the week before christmas this uh whatever that was like the 21st i believe is when you're hearing this uh the 20th the 20th is when people is hearing, are, are hearing this so uh you were just talking about the krampus movie uh from a few years back uh with what who isn't adam, adam not adam driver um Adam scott
0: adam scott okay so how was it uh it's fun so it's like, cause the guy who directed this and wrote it, his name is Michael Doherty, I think that's how you pronounce his name. He did a great Halloween themed movie called trick or treat. I don't know if you ever okay. saw that. No, it is. It is just like everything Halloween, great horror elements and like some dark comedy all into one. And so someone like myself who totally gets into holidays and loves the holidays, mm-hmm. it was a feast for me. And then I found out that he was moving on to Christmas but you're doing Krampus instead. And I was quickly sold on that movie as well. And so I watched it for the first time, I think last year, and it was a hoot. And then now I just thought, Hey, it's Christmas. Let's watch this again. Cause I I'd only, I've only seen it once. So let's do it again. I didn't remember a ton of it. And it's also got Tony Collette in it. It's also got David yeah. Koechner in it. Um, and then I forget what her name is. Oh, Alison Tolman. She, uh, she was in the first season of Fargo. Okay. She was a, a cop in that. She's really good in it, too. But it's really Adam Scott and David Koechner that kind of do it for me, aside from all of like Krampus and his little minions and stuff throughout. So I've still got just uh, just a little over halfway through it right now to pause so i could talk to you kevin so. oh
1: well i'm honored that you you uh, <laughs> to put the movie to the side to, to be on the show that is um so i i especially for halloween for the longest time halloween was my christmas yeah uh and that and then having kids kind of reignited like what christmas meant to me again so i i i hold both christmas and and halloween in high regards and i try to and I fail every year, uh, including this year. But uh, Halloween, uh, October, from October first to October thirty first, I try to watch one Halloween movie a night or yes. one horror movie a night. Uh, specifically, doesn't have to be Halloween. Uh, I think this year I got I got almost halfway through because at the time I was I was doing a. Um, uh, well, you know what? Even in October, I think I was only doing the Zomcast for like a week or two before. Uh, we'll say Creative Differences halted the production of that. And uh, and then Christmas, I try to do uh, the first through the 24th, really, uh, of movies. And I have only watched like three Christmas movies this year. But my my kids, you know, we were trying to find a Christmas movie the other night. So we're going through – like Netflix actually doesn't have a lot to offer as far as like – I would say – like they seem to have a lot of like, dopey kid movies, like uh, like Snow Buddies or whatever, like like all the dog movies about Christmas, <laughs> and like uh and like Hallmark movies. There's not many like, and I understand that they might not have Santa Claus or Elf or stuff like that. One of the mainstream ones, but they don't even have like anything that looks good or appealing. Uh, so we went to on demand. Uh, Verizon Files on demand. And as we're searching through uh, HBO, he's like, let's watch the Stork movie. And I, I forget what it's called, but it's a movie with storks. Is it just called Storks? It could be. I, right. I, I think it, it's, <laughs> I mean, it, uh, it had movies, it had storks in it, and a kid, or I guess she was a teenager and an adult, but as a baby, she didn't get delivered because they lost her beacon or something. And she just. It was the the plot of this movie is that the whole world is in on storks being intelligent animals uh, and birds uh, that that they literally fill out an order form to get a baby. Okay. Now, at some point, what I, I think when when this baby gets left behind and becomes like a adopted orc or stork rather not orc. That's a whole other movie, I guess uh, uh, they stopped delivering babies and just start delivering mail. And so who knows where babies come from now at that point in this, in this world, it's really now that I think about it, a really bad movie. Uh, but my, my kids dug it. Uh, so we, we watched that instead. And I tried to get them the other night to watch a Muppets Christmas Carol, uh, because that's a great Christmas movie. Uh,
0: but they hated it uh, for whatever reason. Not I, enough Kermit. Yeah, I think it's a Christmas Carol itself. I'm just not a big fan of. I get bored with any interpretation, any adaptation of that oh, movie. Interesting. That and I just watched because I love the Muppets, and I was mm. like, if anything can sell me on christmas carol it's the muppets and i was still like meh except for statler and waldorf and i get those two in anything and it makes yeah. it'll make it better and so when they were included in it with their horrible jokes and the, <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. Uh, it's that was killer for me but the rest yeah it's okay
1: yeah. And you know what? It's not even uh, my favorite Muppet thing, uh, but it's it's you know, it's one of the movies I try to watch in my 25 days of Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but we only watched half of that the other night. But I did while we were searching for movies on HBO. I saw Krampus was on there. And so that's a movie I want to try to watch between now and uh, the 23rd, because the 24th is reserved for Scrooged. I watch Scrooged every year on the, on Christmas Eve.
0: I saw that for the very first time last year. Oh my gosh, really? I know. I'm 31 years young, and it took me that Uh, long to see that movie. And it did not disappoint. I was very entertained. So that's a relief, because I'd I'd heard enough about it that if you hear... Sometimes it's just, you might as well not even watch the movie, because it's not going to live up to expectations. And so I was kind of nervous, but I thoroughly enjoyed myself.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I really shouldn't judge because I'm 33, and there are plenty of movies that people are like, "You haven't like I, and I mind you, I live in Philadelphia. I've never seen Rocky, and like that's like a huge thing <laughs> to people. Sinner. Like, well, it's here's my thing is like I, I don't really get the whole like I'm not into boxing at all now. I say this after uh, whenever Creed came out, the year Creed came out, I saw the previews for it and I was like, oh, my God, I want to see this movie, which means I think I need to go back and watch Rocky, at least the first one. Uh, So they're on my to watch list. But, yeah, Scrooge was one that I think the first I probably saw at some point in like – My earlier years, but the first time I remember actively watching was probably within the last 10 years was the first, like the time that I actually sat down and and was like, oh, this is the first time I'm going to watch this as an adult. And, uh, and and it's for the last, I'd say five years or no, my son's almost, I would say for the last six plus years, it's been my tradition to, uh, watch it on Christmas Eve as I wrap gifts, uh, because I'm that last minute guy, but I do that as a tradition. (laughs) (laughs) you can't mess with
0: tradition then
1: of course not uh so all right that's enough christmas talk for for uh this week at least (laughs) for now for now (laughs) yeah we'll see where the conversation leads us there's so much i want to talk about with you oh uh, man but uh so well let's start with because i i get the feeling are you like are you originally from chicago or no
0: no i am originally from a small town in northeast indiana
1: Okay. And so, so not, f- not far from Chicago then.
0: No, about I- th- it's about, it's a three, it's a three hour drive.
1: Okay. 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 So, uh, what brought you to Chicago? Like, Cause I know that's, I know, uh, obviously Chicago is a huge, uh, maybe the biggest place for improv. Um, and I know you dabble in that. Is that what took you to Chicago?
0: It is. So that's what, to rewind quite a bit so i'm i'm moved from small town indiana to a decent sized city in indiana i don't know if you have heard of fort wayne indiana yes okay so after i went to college there and then i lived in fort wayne for about 10 years up until last year and the show whose line is it anyway When that became a big hit on TV, I became an instant fan, and that's what introduced me to improv. I had no idea that this was a kind of performance. This was a type of – because acting throughout – like actual acting was just not really – it wasn't what I wanted to do per se, I kind of wanted to do stand-up, but it's like I don't know how to even start. And then once I started to watch improv, I thought, what what is this? And I started to research it, and I started to realize some of these uh, greats from Saturday Night Live, not to mention a lot of people on Saturday Night Live get started in improv. And there's this place called Second City in Chicago, only three hours away. And I thought, if there's ever any chance that I can do this, I have to do it. And luckily, by just being three hours away, I was able to, with my girlfriend, take trips to Chicago and just stay. And we got tickets to go see Second City shows. And I was an instant fan. And I just thought, if I've got to just look for a job in Chicago, I need to get here so I can pursue improv and just kind of see if it's something that I'd like. And so interrupt me at any time if I'm just no, rambling too long. And no, I I finally, while I'm holding down a full-time job in Fort Wayne, I thought I'm going to, I'm just going to take classes on a uh, writing class online for with second city. And then I'm going to take every Sunday an improv class. So I would drive three hours Sunday morning, uh, to come take a three hour class here in Chicago at second city and then turn around and drive three hours back. So yeah, I did that for, what was it about six months in 2014. And I realized that I needed to stop because I, there was no progress on finding a job because I was, I was kind of being picky on a job too. Uh, but I, I couldn't keep doing it like that distant because by being a student, you could constantly do open like free workshops. You could participate in free shows with staff. You could, uh, get free shows or free tickets to go see main stage shows, which is like the second city, the big shows that they put Mm. on. So I just thought I can't just, I can't go through this whole program commuting because I'm not taking it getting to take advantage of all the little, the extras that could help make it yeah. better. So I stopped, but then I just constantly looked for, I kept looking for any kind of opening and my job in Fort Wayne was at a, was as a news producer at a TV station. So I was developing a writing background and luckily a, just out of the blue, I remember applying for it, but it was so quick and I just received an email uh, it was in March of last year for, from this TV station that just that, that had asked if I was still in, if I was interested in the position, if I, you know, if I'm still interested, get a hold of them. So I did. And they put me through and they liked me. I guess I was charming. And soon enough, I moved here and I instantly looked at Second City and I picked back up doing improv for the past year. So, you know, uh you are you're a what a TV, you're a producer
1: for a, a news
0: Was. station? Now oh, I'm am okay. a, a writer for a TV station of doing like doing writing scripts and doing some background checking and research on uh sh- like uh I don't know if you've heard of the Decades network? No. Have you heard of Me TV?
1: Th- yes, I think so.
0: Okay. So the company that the broadcaster, Ding Network, that owns MeTV also owns Decades, and Decades is only about three years old or two and a half okay. years old. So it's still really new, and that's just MeTV's their big. It's their big station, but they have a couple of other stations, and Decades is one of them. And it's the whole network is basically a blend of history and entertainment. So it, a lot of the approach is on this day. So we, our programming each day revolves around like certain dates. So what is today? Uh, let's talk about December twenty first. You know Elvis <laughs> yeah. Elvis Presley, for example. Elvis Presley sold out his first concert on December twenty first, nineteen fifty seven, or something like that. So that's our link to that specific day, and we kind of introduce that, give some background. All right, now here is. Uh, a look back a documentary based on Elvis Presley. And we kind of format a lot of programming around that. So I've always loved entertainment and history. It was a job that I never even knew existed. So the fact that I stumbled across it was awesome and the fact that they liked me was pretty awesome. So that's that's kind of what I do. And I, I shit you not, Kevin. I have been paid to watch Adam West play Batman. <gasps> that's amazing. Yes. I've been paid to watch Batman and I've been paid to read Batman and been paid to write about Batman. That is a dream job. And I wanted to go tell my boss at the end of that day, listen, do I need to quit? Cause it's not going to get any better than this.
1: That's awesome. Cause I I got the, the, the only equivalent I have to that. And, and there are certain people in my, in my world that would argue that uh, it doesn't count. But I, when I was a kid, my dream was was wrestling which i think really at its base level was was more so a dream about entertainment because i i uh i did it i did the whole wrestling thing uh but the like now that i don't do that anymore it's still in my head i was like well all all wrestling is 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 acting really at the end of the day but like i was able to get some formal training in and i was able to uh, move from the backyard to you know we, we put on our own shows and like I got quote unquote paid but the money went right back in because I helped run the company the money went right back into it to make sure we could do a show the next month uh, so like that's my equivalent is like I was able like to the point where like when that happened I was like huh do I just like kill myself now because I've, I've accomplished everything i wanted to accomplish? <laughs> What am I supposed to do with myself? Uh, And and luckily, uh, luckily, I realized that there was way more to life than wrestling. Uh, And uh, the the what saved me—I don't even know what saved me—but I broke my ankle, and then and that's when I started podcasting uh, ten years ago. Yeah, Uh, so podcasting kind of is like what ended up being my new form of wrestling, as far as getting entertainment out to the world, Um, and uh, and whatnot. But that's I, I have like. I love that, like, for me. Now, when, when you say whose line is it anyway, do you mean, like, the Drew Carey version or the Aisha Tyler version? Drew Carey.
0: I tried A- Aisha okay. Tyler version. I think I was only able to catch parts of one episode, but my schedule was so wild at the time. I just never I, – I never caught it on air, and then I haven't even searched to figure out how I can watch it. So –
1: yeah, I think it's still on the CW. I think, um, but it's, and I tried watching it, but I'm kind of in the same boat where I, I just now that I'm in my 30s, I have way less time to be watching TV, and when there's the whole Berlanti verse on the <laughs> CW, and uh, and and then like the Walking Dead, and just all these other little shows that I like to watch on top of like, hey, you know what, I want to do, a, I want to be creative. Yeah. Uh, and then on top of, I need to, you know, make sure me and, the, and my family can eat. Uh, that's, I got to cut some That's important. Yes. But
0: good for you. Yes. So,
1: yes. So, so unfortunately, and I, I'm a huge fan of Aisha Tyler's like she is, when it comes to podcasting, one of the people that inspired this show. And I hope to one day talk to, there's three people that are like the dream guest for this show. And Aisha Tyler is one of them. Kevin Smith is one of them. And, uh, and Aaron McGathy is one of them. And, and I was, I lucked out that Aaron McGathy is someone that, like, out of the blue, I think I had a few, uh, one too many drinks that night. And I happened to, like, stumble upon her website and just was like, let me send her a message on on her site, not thinking that she would respond. And, like, within a week, we had something scheduled. Uh, which is like, that's one of the big highlights of this show is that I was, that this dopey show was able to get someone like in my eyes, uh, like as high profile as Aaron on.
0: Now you wait, Uh, we will get you Kevin Smith and Aisha Tyler. It will. Well, that's, that's the next 100, you know, is,
1: is, is trying to get those guys on. And, uh, but yeah, so I, I'm a fan of hers. I think she's funny. I think she's talented, but I just never, I've, I don't have time to get into it. I, I, and I too, my in, uh, introduction to improv was more than likely that version of uh, whose line is it anyway. I think I remember as a kid, so I don't know where it aired, but the original UK version, yeah. I think I remember my dad watching a couple episodes of as a kid um, or with me as a kid. So I think that technically could count as my first, but I don't really remember. I remember the Drew version and I, I didn't know then, but it, w- it was, it was uh, I'd say probably about four years ago, I was like, I think I want to try improv. And the reason for that is, like, everything I do, this, podcasting, I enjoy tabletop role-playing games, and wrestling are all just
0: forms of, of improv. Now, when you say wrestling, let's rewind a little bit. Did you get on board in the Attitude Era era?
1: Yeah, well, I, I started watching it. I mean, I, I as long as I can remember, I know there's a picture somewhere, floating around, as me as a as probably, a, I don't even know how old I was. It was the era of Sting uh, in WCW with the with the colored face paint, short hair, uh, colored face paint. Um, but I don't really remember. I my I grew up, um, as a fan of Shawn Michaels, um, right after
0: the HBK.
1: Yes. So much so that my first backyard wrestling gimmick was Heartbreak (laughs) K. Uh, wearing. Uh, wearing the the red tights with uh, the the zebra print heart brakes on them, uh, having the motorcycle hat, the, the heart shaped sunglasses, and the armband like the the I don't even know what they're called, but I guess they're technically arm warmers, but they're like the the fingerless gloves with a the hole. They're basically a sock with no tips to them uh, that that you can stick your hand your thumb out of a hole, and they were the zebra print things and um i watched i, I watched it probably i uh, probably only for like uh, four years at that point and then he and then Shawn michaels left and i stopped watching it for a couple years and i remember my aunt called me and she said you should be watching this because they just threw mick foley off the top of a hell in the cell oh. I'm like bullshit <laughs> and it was right around there when when that happened dx was starting to get hot um and that's when I got back into it. So yeah, very much in the attitude area is like even though I, I do remember some older school stuff, I would say I'm more of an attitude era kid when it comes to
0: wrestling. That's that's where I that's when I got in. I got in let's see. Right I right when the rock was rising. So that's kind of Okay, yeah, that's, I, that's that's what th- caught my eye. And it was right when uh Stone Cold Went on a break and that was heartbreaking because I just started to finally watch and I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And it took him so long to finally come back. And then when they were both, when they were both performing at the same time, it was just, I was, I was a diehard fan for a few years about it at that time. Yeah. We did our, we did our bedroom, uh, bedroom and backyard wrestling moves and it was let's see yours was much more professional than ours ours was not safe at all (laughs) and i specifically remember my brother and a friend and i up in his room and we had a folding chair and we were like teaching each other this is how they hit and my dad opens up the door and walks in and my brother with this big chair in his hand just turns and looks at my dad he's like dad it's not what it looks like And he's like put the damn (laughs) chair down and (laughs)
1: yeah we it's funny because when we first started in the backyard it was a very small group and we were so um i I guess i don't know if nimble is the right word uh we were so so pg maybe is the is the way like we didn't even do suplexes or anything because we we were on the ground so like what we did was like throw each other into crap and throw punches and kicks and uh, we didn't really do anything beyond that; those basic stuff. So we, we would do submissions and stuff. And I want to say when we would do clotheslines, it would be literally I throw a clothesline and the person taking it would gingerly take that bump. Uh, it wasn't until we hooked up with and we were the uh, we called ourselves UWF, the Underground Wrestling Federation. <laughs> uh, this is going back to like, oh, God, I, this is probably circa uh WrestleMania 15, I think it was the one that was in, uh, Philly. And, and that's it, right around there when that happened. And then a few years later, we, uh, I started working, uh, I was, uh, at, at Arby's and I met this guy, uh, who did wrestling as well. And they did, they were the TWF, the trampoline wrestling federation, <laughs> and they were able to do all those crazy moves because they were on trampoline. Yeah. So, so we Got talking and we we blended the two styles together uh, for uh, what we call, ended up calling FTW, which was the Federation of Teenage Wrestlers, uh, later named Falls Township Wrestling when we went pro. And um, that the first time we did anything, we witnessed all these TW, TWF guys doing suplexes on the hard ground. Ugh. And we're like, holy crap. And that was my life for a few years before we built a ring. Uh, and then we got shut down by Falls township wrestling or by Falls township, the uh, township that we all lived in, or most of us lived in, which was actually, that's actually what prompted us to change our name. A, we were all no longer teenagers. B, we wanted to, we wanted to stick it to the man yeah. of Falls township. And, uh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, we were, uh, <sighs> we did some crazy things, um, but we were always, we always were safe about it, I think, in in, in a way. Like, you know, I, I say this as as witnessing people who litate. Ta- like, I wasn't part of this, but people lit tables on fire. Um, we, I was part of this, bashing fluorescent light bulbs over each other's head. You did that, um, yeah, yeah. So we did we did very dangerous stuff, crazy, uh, but we once we went pro we 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 stopped doing that but we did i mean if you go on the uh everything is awesome facebook page facebook.com slash real awesome pod uh plug 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 (laughs) there's um two if you go into the video section there's two videos uh one of me giving a chair shot to my best friend in the world uh in a match that we had together um that was uh an improv segment because I underneath the ring was supposed to be a different weapon. I could not find said weapon. So (laughs) I used a chair and, uh, being that my buddy was not into, he was into wrestling, but he wasn't like, it wasn't his dream to wrestle. He kind of just fell into it. Uh, I thought he was going to throw his hands up because that's just what I expected Mike to do. Uh, he did not. And I swung pretty hard. (laughs) <laughs> and you can see that epic uh, chair shot on our page followed by another one where um, it, I, we do a nice little bit where, where I wrap, I, I think I hit him with something and then I wrap a chain around my fist. And I'm to, I go to hit him and then uh, he blocks it and hits me with uh, a, a try or something. I he hits me with something trash can lid. And uh, it's such it, like that hit. I, I don't, like to brag because i wasn't that great of a wrestler i was i was decent i could hold my own but i there was never a better bump that i took than i did when i took a chair i took a trash can lid to the head and and bumped to the uh the mat uh i highly recommend anyone listening go watch those videos because uh despite them being crappy bag or crappy independent shows they were amazing uh bumps that we both took that sounds incredible yeah, it's and I mean, that's why like I'm sitting here and uh, every every chance that my guest uh, I, that I give my guest to talk for more than a minute is when I start to like fidget around because my body uh, is literally falling apart from uh, <laughs> wrestling, in the, wrestling on the hard ground to uh, most of my pro stuff was hardcore. So I took a lot of uh, beatings
0: the, the, uh, and whatnot. the good old days.
1: And it's funny because we 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 uh, me uh, and my best friend always talk, obviously. But we also uh, uh, but the guy who I met years and years ago that helped basically you know, that, that bridges the gap between us being uh, p words and uh, them doing their trampoline stuff. We, I start we, we, him and I fell out of contact, but we started talking within the last few months again. And we were all saying like, would we do it again? I was like in a heartbeat, like give me six months to get in shape, uh, run some ropes. And like, I would do it one more time, at least in a heartbeat. Uh, It's, it's such a fun thing to do. And, I know, like my family and everyone that I knew, like scoffed at it, like you're an idiot. But like the alternative was I was going to go do drugs, I guess. <laughs> like, so you know, I think it turned out pretty well. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, so, and improv. Like, I I love talking to people who are in it who do improv because I it's something that like I'm so close to just going and taking a class. I just need to find like I need to have like an open. Like I, all right, I know I have the next few months available to take this 101 class at uh, Philly Improv Theater, um, and it's. I'm hoping that's a 2018 thing that I get. I get to check off my uh, my bucket list. So, are you still doing like classes um, at uh, Second City, or was that where you were doing classes at?
0: It's where I was doing classes. Yes, and I have. I've not taken any for a while. So their first, their in introductory program, I guess you could say was five classes, and each class is eight weeks long. And I completed that this year, and a lot of my classmates and I, we ended up putting on our own show the okay. day before Independence Day. And that went over near perfect. I couldn't imagine how that could have gone any better. And uh, the the uh, one of the theaters there in... Second City we sold out, which we highly contributed to people know they don't have to work the next day. So they're like, let's go see a show and let's get hammered. So I was like, Yeah, okay, come watch us. And everybody drank and everybody laughed and we had a great time and everybody had a great time. And that was that was just that was a blast. And then we put on another show the following month. Maybe went half as good. Maybe. <laughs> And I kind of try to take that as a, as a positive because you're supposed to have, like if everything goes just about as perfect as you can expect, that story is boring. You don't learn anything. And it's always great to keep that ego in check. So we, we really, we just thought it was a stroke of luck that first show. And, strayed from trying to get too cocky about it but of course we felt really good and we're like let's do this again let's hurry up the next time we can let's do another show and then they gave us an even bigger theater and it seemed like fewer people even showed up and it was just it just didn't click and so then a few of us uh we held our own like kind of meetings slash get togethers where we would do our own improv and try to make it more of like a communal I guess where we would each bring ideas and each bring kind of like lessons that we that we've read up on whatever and we had some books we did that for quite a while and then schedules and adulting got in the way but luckily I have a friend who has he'd put on a he and a partner with he and a partner put on their own scripted show at Second City and asked I be part of the team to open. So in November I was helping open for a show and that was a blast too. It's about twelve twelve to fifteen minutes um of just just improv of where we just went out and it was just like you'd see of can we get a suggestion and then however whatever the topic would be of what did you eat for lunch today? What's something you'd never want to see face to face? Who is the worst person of all time? And then, you know, worst person of all time, Kevin. Uh, Hitler. Hitler, yes. And then that just sparks, we kind of go off to our sides. We instantly just start scenes. Hitler was our (laughs) suggestion. So somehow (laughs) that triggers either something directly or, you know, you can start out – so the scene starts even of like, all right, Mr. Tarantino. So for this shot and the link there is Tarantino and Glorious Bastards, Hitler. Oh, okay. That's yeah. how they got there with that. Or, you know, or directly be, oh, hey, let's bomb Germany. That's a direct <laughs> link there, you know. And then it just kind of – it snowballs into its own thing. And each, each time – there's always nerves before any kind of performance, which is always great. I I like being nervous. Uh those nerves. But then before you know it, you're like, wow, we've been up here for a while already, and then you, you blink and it's over. And it almost feels like right when it's over is when you're oh, I was just finding my groove. That went by way too fast and that's how I know that I'm still I'm still loving it.
1: So and I and I think I gravitate towards like improv versus stand up because stand up seems like there's a lot of work involved. Uh, and as we established earlier, I'm pretty lazy uh, <laughs> when it comes to things that I do that I consider creative entertainment. Um, so and improv I th- it seems like it, it's I don't I, I don't want to say a, a walk in the park because I know that there is talent there. I know that there is stuff that you need to, like, learn how to do, but, like, what kind of prep work – like, I know, like, like a comedian develops a, a one-hour set. As an improv artist, what do you – like, do, do you develop a set that that's, like, has – it's semi-scripted where you just have to fill in audience gaps? Like, how – What's the prep work when you like have these meetings with your
0: with your group? So I'll rewind real quick and how you brought up with stand up because I've yet to try stand up and I really want to because sometimes I know even in my own little social circles or going out with others and such I kind of sometimes if I want to roll I like being I like in a sense having that microphone but yeah. I know the challenge with stand up is figuring out how to get into that position. And I think why I still gravitate a little more towards improv is because in stand-up, you're almost kind of banking that you're going to tell the audience, this is the funny part, and they're going to be receptive to that and laugh. Whereas with improv, I don't know what's going to be said, I don't know where we're going, and I don't know what parts are going to be funny. And somehow it's like almost as if audience gets to decide for themselves what's funny and that's, and we're kind of all just figuring it, it out together. And so as far as the prep work for that, I mean, the very basics and I am so far from being any kind of expert or anything, I'm closer to rookie status than veteran status, but there are core elements and basics you know, that that's the reason that you spend that all this money to go to classes is for practice and learning basics. And the prep work is just knowing you're kind of trying to advance, advance towards something with your Mm -hmm. scene, however it is. You're always, you're always saying yes. And then you always say, and I don't know if you've ever heard that, that like, that's almost the phrase of improv is yes. And. Yes, and uh, perfect. Good job, Kevin. Wow, Bravo, <laughs> oh, well. <I>, Class One. <laughs> yeah, uh, Class One. A. You've done it, <laughs> Gold Star. And that just helps advance, advance because it just leaves, just leaves the door open. And mm-hmm. as soon as you you lean towards saying no or shutting down anything, you're closing that door, and you can feel just that vibe in the whole room of like, oh shit, now what. So just saying yes advances things and you work toward things and you don't, you prep no line beforehand, big mistake Uh, Mm. that we've almost, you can almost see it in every show at least once, not like the pro shows, but like classes that put on shows and everything. You can almost see it. Somebody's got this line that they're like, oh, I'm saving this and it (laughs) bombs every time. But there's—I feel like that would be (laughs) me. I feel like, oh
1: man, I got this line. I'm gonna keep this in the back of my head for when when I can use it. I'm gonna use it.
0: And then you would, and there'd be crickets, and you'd be horrified, and you'd just go (laughs) smash fluorescent bulbs over your head.
1: (laughs) That's my comfort zone.
0: But there's some there's different formats that have been created. There's certain styles, but then there's also people are creating their own. There's long form and short form. So for like a 15 minute set. So how I just said, you know, coming out and who's the worst person of all time? Hitler. You start a scene and that scene goes on for 15 minutes and it just develops into this usually nuts scene that's just in repeating it like afterward or telling anybody about it. It's like, it never sounds like it's funny, but as it's happening, it just somehow you're given this this ball of clay that gets molded into something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: something great. And then there's short form, which is just a bunch of games, which as you've seen on whose line is it anyway, a half hour and they have all these different kinds of games. Yeah, Shows can be constructed in that way too, which the shows that uh, me and my group had put on, we did something similar to those, to that of uh, games and mm-hmm. that, Certain, hey, a suggestion here for this. Okay, and that starts, and then this is it. Adds another layer. Every like yeah. all of it works. Just as it just depends on the people and making sure that they don't f you over.
1: Yeah, and and like the the other thing that makes me feel way more comfortable with improv than it does with like doing stand up is that I like I feel like improv gives me the security of other people, or at the very least, one other person. Like I love the idea of like doing a duo team with me and my me and my buddy uh or being a part of a group you know whatever but the idea of that or, or standing up there by myself tr- trying to basically read a script at the end of the day <laughs> uh which i know there's a lot more to that for stand-up comedians i have i and, and it's because i'm trying to t- t- walk the the uh the neutral zone when it comes to comedians and improv artists, I know there's some sort of war between those two groups, oh,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> but I, uh, I, I know that there's more to it than just memorizing a script for, for comedians, but at the bare bones to it, like the, it seems completely nerve wracking for me to go up there for five to 15 minutes to an hour, even by myself the whole time. Uh, when I did the very first live version of this show, and we decided that it was going to be uh, in the format of late night, I I did like a ended up being like a 15 minute monologue, uh, which was way too long. And my co-host, uh, my my Andy Richter, I barely included him in it, and it felt very awkward. I was told that it wasn't that bad, but it felt very bad. <laughs> uh, it proved to me that stand up is not my strong suit, and I should gravitate towards uh something that's more closer to improv which is me BSing with my friends uh upstage
0: for 10 minutes before we kick into the real show. Yeah, that's and that's that's a luxury is having <clears throat> with improv is somebody else is there because that just takes that also takes so much pressure off. And that's I think I I want to pursue stand up in some in some way just so i can say that i did it and also figure out if that is something that i want to do uh because i've always had it uh, been drawn to it and i i just i really want to try it um but i'm not i'm not dumb i know i'm the only one up there all eyes on me and hey dude <laughs> don't have <laughs> this up And so, yeah, I totally agree with you that that is a bit of a safety net with improv is whether it's one person or four people, you have somebody else there who is feeding off of, you have no idea what you're going to do. Just say poop and they will come back with something and then you're just, just bouncing right back off of them. And before you know, like there's no pressure and you're just, you're just dicking around with your friend up there. Yeah. And oh, by the way. These people are thinking it's hilarious. That's kind of yeah. – that's what it can turn out to be. So while you're – I hope that for you scheduling opens up to where you can try it because I can't – I can't recommend it enough just for people – maybe if people don't even want to like try and – I want to make it – I don't even want to try and make it big or anything like that. It's like it's just – it's just very revealing of yourself and it really helps you just kind of helps anybody come out of their shell. I've never been shy or to come out of my shell or be on the spot or anything. I don't, that doesn't bother me, but there are just other people that I know I'm like, Oh, take improv. You won't regret it. And it's just a great feeling to do.
1: Well, and that, I mean, that's me. I'm, uh, uh, despite how you, uh, you and I have, been talking for a while like i am the shy kid to uh probably the shyest person you'd ever meet super shy uh, i'm that stereotypical like uh, personality entertainer that uh, can turn it on at a you know in certain situations but behind when the mic's off and or whatever i'm like whoosh, whole different person where i'm just like uh, excuse me, uh, may I have a uh, <laughs> cheeseburger? Uh, so, and I've heard the same thing. Like, I've talked to um, a handful of people who do improv. Uh, obviously, you, uh, James D'Amato uh, from the One Shot Podcast Network. How Loveland, um, who does the We Got uh, This podcast, mm-hmm. um, and a, a few others, and like the the common thread is like you got to do it at least once. You got to take the class. You got to try it. Uh, and it, it's even like like you said, it sounds like not just to to you know see if you it's something you want to do more so than it's a great tool that transcends just comedy. Yeah. It's something that you know uh, wrestling is very uh, and maybe not. I don't know about uh, wrestling in 2017. It seems like from what I understand from people that still watch it, it's uh, a little bit more scripted and whatnot, but at at the end of the day, wrestling like good wrestling is heavily influenced by improv and podcasting. um, Especially if you're going to do something like a tabletop, actual play podcast, like one shot and party one does that, that
0: improv tool for playing those games is uh, tremendous. Well, and as corny as it sounds, it's like you improv, Everybody improvises in their life every single day, yeah. so it's it's a it's an exercise in just thinking on your feet. If like mm-hmm. it's to break it down, uh, like that's the less less comical and that's not as fun of an approach to it. But <laughs> <coughs> excuse me, uh, that's but when it comes down to it, it, it does help you think faster. And everybody's got to, you know shit doesn't go out go go the way you expect every single day so hey sometimes you're gonna have to think quick it's just it's an exercise yeah but i'd rather say i like to make people laugh that's why i take it
1: Uh, yeah, and, and that's, I would say, like, I don't even know if I want to pursue, like, doing stage stuff. I would totally want to if, if the opportunity arose and I had time to and, and whatnot. But I think it's a skill set that would improve this show, improve, more importantly, my live shows is where I think that practice, because, because then I'm actually, you know, informing in, in front of a crowd. Not that the people listening to this episode right now, not that they, they don't matter. They totally do. But, like, I don't have to see their reactions to to this. I just assume yeah. that when they listen to a normal episode of everything is awesome, they love it. They're crying. They're laughing. Uh, all the emotions I assume are happening when they listen to the show. But of when course. they're uh, bawling right now, like, oh my gosh, yeah. you two, you're helping us with life exactly I, it's, I, I just assume that's what ha- the only feeling they don't feel is anger unless we're yeah. talking about uh something that we all hate uh <laughs> hitler, but the live shows anger
0: hitler yeah. Sorry, uh, go ahead. I, I
1: feel like i feel like we ran the gambit of emotions on this episode <laughs> pretty much uh, and what's the are you in philadelphia i'm outside of philly i'm in okay. I, i'm in the suburbs uh bucks county um uh, we are uh, when you go to awesomepodcast.com we are uh we we put on the street the number one podcast in bucks county um (laughs) i i put that disclaimer up there i don't know if it's a disclaimer but i put that uh bragging right up there uh before i knew of the several other podcasts that are in bucks county uh that that i've discovered but i still take claim to being the number one because i said it first i'm
0: looking uh, at it right now the number one podcast in bucks County. That's right.
1: And, um, uh, so I'm outside of the city, but, uh, and and which is uh, like another reason why, like, it's hard to get down there to do the classes because it's at least a 45 minute drive. Uh, we, I don't do, I feel like I would do this show live a lot more often if I was closer to the city because there's more opportunities to, um, put on a free show down in the city than there is in Bucks County. I have every opportunity. The reason we haven't done a live show since the Philadelphia podcast festival back in July is because we had, uh, we were trying to line up two shows in Bucks County um, over the, the, the fall season. And they both, they both fell through uh, and just, we couldn't get anything else to work in that time frame. So it's a lot harder to like do this show live in my true local uh, city. So I have to try, I have to travel about an hour, uh, to, to do the show live. So we try to do like 60 years, my goal. And, and after just like, after this show that we do on, uh, well that we already did on the 17th, that will be our fifth show for the year. So we almost hit our goal this year in 2017, but, um, and we'll hit it in 2018, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, I uh, so we're, we're not in the city, uh, just outside. of uh, I, It's a
0: short distance. I, d- I didn't know uh, as far as in Philadelphia or surrounding area, if you knew yeah. what like the improv scene, I guess, so to speak, is. Well, if there's a lot of availability for you to take classes yeah. and shows. In
1: Philly, there is, there is. And I actually, um, one of the, uh, like everyone that's a player on, uh, the, uh, 100th episode of everything is awesome is an improv, uh, comedian, except for, uh, Garrett, who is, he's done up, He's, um, he's taken a step aside from it. Uh, cause his schedule was way too crazy for it and and whatnot. So he, he doesn't do improv, but he does stand up. He's a funny guy. Uh, I'm literally the only one, me and, and Jeff are the only two that aren't like formally trained in improv. Uh, but he is like, he's got that mindset because he's played these and GM to these, these type of games for years. Uh, I'm literally probably the most green person when it comes to any kind of, um, funny bits or, or, uh, improv when it comes to like what we're going to do on, on the 17th. But, um, there's plenty of opportunities The guy Joe Gates. I asked, I, I, cause he was like the only improv guy at the time that I had booked. I was like, Hey man, like you're the only one that I know that does improv in the city. Like, is there like a, anyone that you can ask? And it's a huge scene, um, comedy in general, but even improv, there are, uh, plenty of comedy clubs that are dedicated to teaching some form of comedy, whether it's stand up or improv Philadelphia, uh, fit is Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Improv Theater uh, is like our big one. That's where a lot of people go and then they eventually move on to um, whatever. Uh, what's it? The UCB in New York?
0: Yeah. Upright Citizens Brigade. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, they move up to there or they move up to Second City in Chicago or um, like the two places that, that like People who take it seriously in, and graduate from fit, they, they eventually move up to New York uh, or Chicago. Before I let you go, because uh, the time is flying by, we're going to go a little longer because uh, I wanted to talk about uh, you also uh, writing for Dark Knight News, uh, which I, when I talked to uh, Adam on the show... Uh, it's, I feel like it's going to be kind of a a reverse situation where he got, it sounds like from what I remember, he got into it because of writing and like a a moderate love of Batman. Whereas my question is what brought you to dark Knight news? Like what brought you to writing? It sounds like Batman may have brought you to writing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Batman. He, he called to me. <laughs> he lit up the signal and I flew to Dark Knight News on the internet. But actually He lit up the signal with your silhouette. Yeah, exactly. I was like, wow, that looks like me. I need to do this. And I I'm just a nerd. I as long as I can remember, I have bled the Dark Knight. And I enjoy writing. It is so hard for me to just to write without an objective or a destination or a goal. I can't just, Hey, I'll just write this and this and this. It's like, I like to write, but I, I, by the end it needs to be for something. And I'm like, Oh, if I could just write now, this is long before I got, I got paid to write about Batman. Um, and I just looked online because I just, where can I just get into writing about Batman? And I don't know how in the world I came across Dark Knight News. It's not putting it down or anything. It's just one of those things. There I was on it, and it said that they were looking for writers. And I had just started – no, I'd been working as a news producer at at my last TV job for about a year or so at this time. So uh, there was a different editor in charge at that point, and it just said – I, I just wrote an email and just said, I'm interested. I'd like to do this. And I said, well, great. Just send us a, a writing sample. And I did. And I told him my background and what I was doing at the time. And so I said, sure. And I've just, any moment that I had, had over the past couple of years, I'd contributed uh, for my days of writing and then extras and Adam and the other editor for the site, Kevin KG, KG one, that's right. KG one. They, uh, they really wanted to, in a sense, give me more with great power comes great responsibility. So yeah. they kind of asked if I'd be interested in kind of overseeing all the review angles for the website. And I said, gladly, cause that's what I, I love the sharing of opinions, uh, mm-hmm. because it always interests me. That, for example, you and I, Kevin, could read or watch or listen to the same thing and have completely different reactions and emotions afterwards. And so it's like, sweet, this is what I thought, this, this, this. And you say, well, I actually thought this, this, this. And it's just very opening. It's discussion. And, you know, it sounds like cheesy and corny, but there's some things that I could have missed that you didn't miss. And I'm like, that's interesting. And that can make me appreciate it more. So. I feel like that's what reviews should do. And so the fact that they allowed me to be to oversee that in mainly Batman comics just cuz there's so many comics that it's always new and fresh whereas like now next a Batman movie, who knows the next time that we're going to see one. But you can guarantee yeah. tomorrow we're going to see Batman and comics. Oh, and the next Wednesday, more Batman comics. So it's very heavy on the comics angle, but anytime that there's a show or a movie or or anything, we try to cover that as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, the I loved uh, when when I was uh, part of the team and you would do those uh, like those group um, discussions about your favorite Batman, your favorite Batman movie, your favorite. Uh, I don't think we got to
0: this. Well, we tried to do the score, but yeah, um, nobody, nobody knew what I was talking about. And I was like, oh, well, that's on me then. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh, yeah yeah it's, that one just that one was like for me because music is such even though it's the most like oftentimes the most important part of a movie it is the part that i pay attention to the least even though subconsciously i'm probably paying attention to it the most yeah uh, that like off the top of my head i was like oh god i would have to put like a day's worth of listening to music to to properly do this and i just never got to it um and whatnot but yeah and going back to like uh what you said about you know having a structure to write for it's i have because i my game plan after i had left uh dark night news spoilers for anyone that's no. listening i think we i think we discussed this uh on the roundtable episode uh that you fired yeah me. you got fired <laughs> uh but the uh i was i was like all right well i'm just gonna I'm going to keep on reviewing my issues that I was reviewing for dark Knight news. I'll just review them for that's entertainment, which is like the parent website to this, to this podcast. Uh Uh, And with when I'm in charge and I have like, I have uh, a novel that uh, I've been working on for years that uh, was for a different set of books at one point that my buddy created, but Um, he changed directions of what he was doing. So I had to reformat it to do my own thing. Um, But again, like once, once it's on me and I'm like, all right, I want to do this. It just sits there. And like, like Batman or Batgirl issue 17, I was waiting for Wednesday for it to come out. I was like, all right, I got it. I read it. And I've yet to write the review because uh, I I don't have like, there's no obligation. I'm the only person I'm going to disappoint on that's entertainment.com or that entertains.com is myself. So, uh it's something that i'm like all right tonight's the night tonight's the night and then i I sit down i get ready to do it and then i just i fall asleep (laughs) and (laughs) and don't write the review Uh, i'm hoping that uh after i get off with you i am going to finally write that review because uh i need dark i need to pick up dark Knight's metal next week and uh continue my reviews there but yeah I, i i i loved um Not that you – you didn't do the roundtables. That was uh, Eric that did that. But the ones that you participated in, I loved like that back and forth uh, between the three or four of us doing the – just talking about our thoughts on on whatever we were roundtable.
0: Yeah, and it was really fun. so you and I, obviously, we were participating in it at the time, but then it was fun once Eric – put it all together and to just go back and reread it cuz it's just it read so fast and i think you very quickly like you just said that back and forth it it was just i was hearing that our conversation again of just bam bam, bam. Yeah. and it just read so easy and it was fun um except like i told you the last one that we did where we also did it with <laughs> the uh the man as i call him steve j ray from england across the pond yeah of uh, chip chip cheerio. yeah he uh i did i wasn't enthusiastic about it and scott snyder himself looked at it and i think i kind of pissed him off and i really so i wasn't nice. trying to i wasn't trying to and i could be totally because that's a problem too if you only read something through text you have no idea how that was said the real meaning behind yeah. everything i just felt like i stepped like I, not that I stepped over. I don't want to offend or piss off anybody that has worked hard to get something printed or released because mm. they have taken so many further steps than anybody else does. The fact that something even gets released is a huge accomplishment. And so it's like, great. I'm not going to shit on that. This issue itself though, kind of pissed me off because I've been in it and I've been spending all this money and this issue just went bananas, and I just didn't like it. And then he didn't like that I didn't like it, and I was like, oh, but I I, I could have been really harsh on this. And I thought that in our little discussion that I was actually kind of light on it. I, and I remember you know you and i talking about this
1: um i think when we did our like test for the round table uh is when we we talked about this yeah that uh that he sent your dm or whatever and like hey in the moment um i don't even think any of us were that critical uh of it us even you and then rereading it uh when it was because eric did a great job of like kind of Rearranging the conversation where it needed to be rearranged yes. because you know of, of lag or people typing faster than others or or whatever. The conversation is always a little out of order mm-hmm. uh, in in um in those roundtable text roundtables, and um so rereading it and and reading it a hundred percent in context, I'm like, you know, I don't I don't recall anything being incredibly harsh. I know that uh, I want to say. If anything, I think you and I were the two "quote unquote" harshest of it. Yeah. With with you liking it least less than I did, but yeah, that's incredible to me that he I, whether he just took your tweet and and uh, and based it off that, or he actually read the article. Like I don't know what he saw that was uh too
0: "quote unquote" too harsh or whatever. Scott but. Snyder, if you're listening to this, he let me go ahead and tell you. I didn't really care for that issue. But you can bet that the next thing that you write, I'm going to be right there first day buying it because that's what I do with all of your stuff. I've got it all on the bookshelf sitting right behind me. Batman or not Batman. I I, I love I love that guy's stuff. And he's never done anything bad. Some stuff I like less than others, but the, the guy's great. It's just with this one, I'm like, it's just... Not my cup of tea. So no hard feelings there, Scott. Yeah. Yeah. It,
1: I, and every, I mean, I, like, I would say, I mean, Scott Snyder is probably my favorite writer in comics,
0: though. Frank, uh, Frank Tieri, Is that how you pronounce his last name? Oh, yeah. T-I-E-R-I. I'm going to spell it for uh, you. Frank T-I-E-R-I.
1: Yeah. He is slowly becoming like that guy for me. Um, I've only read the stuff that he's done for metal, but like. And he he did two of the one shots, and they coincidentally were like two of my favorites, uh, for of the Nightmare Batman. I I think the only one that outdid it was the Joker one that uh Woo. that uh Tyrion the Fourth did, I believe.
0: Timing, yeah. Not, not Tyrion, oh, yeah.
1: yeah, not Tyrion. yeah, uh, not Tyrion. That's a whole <laughs> Tyrion not- Lannister
0: wrote that one.
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, Frank. Tiri, I think, is uh Tiri or whatever. I apologize, Frankie Poo. I don't I don't know how to T-I-E-R-I. Pronounce his it. T-I-E R I.
0: No offense, Frank. Uh, I know you're listening. Yeah. Uh,
1: but it is it, he's like he seems like he could be like a good uh like a guy to keep your eye on and like another Scott Snyder type, like who is just a really good writer.
0: Yeah, and I think that's um, that's a strength too, ever since um Snyder like his, I guess you could call it his posse by f- constantly following everything that he's done. He's just introduced me to all these other writers and artists who are now okay. becoming like Sean Murphy. I heard about Sean Murphy because oh, of God. Scott Snyder. And so look what he's doing now. And uh, Tynan was also another one. And then Raphael Albuquerque because him and yep. Raphael Albuquerque did the American vampire stuff for uh vertigo vertigo yeah. comics and that was that was the my introduction to scott snyder and then also uh artist of jock and francesco francovilla when they did their detective run i'm sorry i didn't mean to take this on a totally nerdy comic discussion no. it's just like the guy's talented and he's got his own group his own talents that he's sought out and now they are becoming top of the line people and i don't know if Thierry is one also or not uh if he's well, one of his he, discoveries or
1: i don't know but i know like when uh, at new york comic-con i believe when uh they had like the batman panel and uh the the dc metal slash new heroes or whatever they're calling it panel uh he i think frank was part of both like the batman guys the quote unquote batman slash metal guys were all part of that um and or at least Frank and um, uh, James, T- how do you pronounce his last name? The fourth. Tynan. The fourth is one of Tynan the fourth. Uh, I know Them Sue and Scott were involved in all three uh, at the bare minimum. So I, I feel like there's a little click there yeah. uh, that Scott Slater has that I totally dig. I, think I, I dig them practically all of them. Uh, something that, like, uh, that I really fell in love with uh, during my time at Dark Knight News was the Batgirl run that like I chose based off the fact that, well, like, well, everything else is taken. So I guess I'll read back. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and I went back like uh, as a, I, uh, I don't know if uh, this is a, what a good reviewer does, but I went back to issue one because it was still only like 15 issues in by the time I started reviewing it. Um, so I started from the beginning and caught myself up uh, and uh, it started off like, it just started off as like, oh god, it's this is literally a, like a, a a a teen girl show <laughs> that I'm reading, and then it slowly developed into uh, like a CW show that I would watch, and yeah. uh, to the point where like I can't praise Hope Larson and uh, Chris Wildgoose enough on their work on that comic. Like it's it's so good. There's no reason that uh, they should not. Have her write an episode of Supergirl and introduce Batgirl on it. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you read the the annual from last year with Batgirl, um, but it was her and Supergirl teaming up uh, to free someone out of I believe it was Arkham, um, or maybe it was it wasn't I don't think it was Arkham. I forget what it was, but Supergirl like someone was calling out to Supergirl, uh, and she needed Batgirl's brains to help. Uh, break this person out, and like just the idea of seeing them two team up like is brilliant, and it and ha- having Supergirl in uh on the CW and in the world where we can see a live action version of like it just I understand we're getting a live action movie, but we've we've already established that you can have two flashes.
0: Are we and, getting and... a live action movie though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Give, her Give her to the CW. Give it to the CW. I just feel like. Once Superman ended up on Supergirl, I think minus well minus Wonder Woman and Batman, everything else is fair game. And why can't Batgirl just be on it? Yeah, right? just yeah, make her I, work. I, Give her an episode.
1: That's all. I don't. Yeah, I don't even need a full series that is just Batgirl. Like I can understand if you don't want to do that. I think it would work. But I think that just like. You know, you have all these different heroes on Team Flash and on Team Arrow, and I know you have your own little team, Supergirl already at the D.E.O. But there's no reason that you can't have Batgirl. You know, be in a at least a couple episode arc, if not just like you said, one episode, I'd be fine with. But I, I'd totally love the idea. I think that Hope Larson's style um, of writing and and wild goose's style of art like it reminds me of the cw shows it reminds it feels like it would fit into that supergirl world even and i think what helps this season at the very least is that batgirl is like way more i would say brighter and chipper than, than batman is yeah um and though there's still some dark moments and whatnot and supergirl this season while it's still a a brighter show compared to say arrow it is in its uh she's in her broody quote-unquote broody uh arc right now uh so she's a little bit darker i think it's like a perfect time to introduce this character into the supergirl mythos which i I believe she already exists because we've already like she's supergirl and and the verse has confirmed that her cousin has worked with a mass vigilante before and there's no way she doesn't mean batman so i don't know i just there's a i don't see why they don't do it it just makes sense yeah maybe uh so uh officially before we let you go um you kind of started uh off um when we talked about you being on the other podcast about how you were talking the year of Batman and um, how it's been. So, uh, in in I know you guys probably went on for at least an hour or so about it, but in the briefest uh, amount of time that you can, what are your thoughts on uh,
0: Batman in the year twenty seventeen? I think he has the best comics of the entire year of the whole medium of comics. I think you have Batman at the top because Tom King has been writing the Batman uh title. And it all year long, from January till now, it is Sword. In Detective Tynan, your boy, uh Tyrion over there, everybody's yeah, just fallen in it? love with his with his title. And that's been great. Speaking of our boy Scott Snyder he ended his run of All Star Batman, which was really good. Uh, Sean Murphy has launched three issues of Batman White Knight, which is my favorite series of the year. That book is incredible.
1: And then yeah, I, I I am uh, I need to read issue three still, but that the concept of that book from the get go is like, all right, first of all, you're making Jack Napier canon of some of sorts. Yeah. Uh I'm in. I'm in on that. I love this idea of like flip flopping what they are, uh, so I, I can't read. I, I want to. I'm probably gonna. I'm probably gonna read the third
0: issue tonight. Do it, do it. And then also, let's see. Got metal, which that's a Batman story. And yeah. then, just came out last week was the first issue of the Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two series. Great, yeah, it's and wonderful.
1: I want to I want to I, I read that I, I didn't read it and are you reviewing that did I say yes sir now do you need to have read the first set you it's not order required to happen?
0: it's not required they the, just briefly have announced in that first one like a comment about the last series the run yeah. but I mean you get you get it I mean, it's Batman and the Turtles. Exactly. So. Which the first run of that was awesome. And then they did a great for, so they did this run. And I think it was, I don't know who owns the Turtles, IDW, maybe. Um, uh,
1: well, I, I think who owns them? Well, I think Nickelodeon does. owns them. Yeah. But IDW does do the cover. Okay.
0: So it's kind of a joint deal between the two and that first run with Tynan and then his name's Freddie Williams. The second does the art that was uh more of like a DC sale. Well, then they launched a second series. I don't remember who did oh, Matthew Manning was on that one. And it was awesome because it combined Batman, the animated series with the current cartoons of the turtles. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And like it's arguable but i think i liked that one a little bit more just because you throw batman the animated series in there and you've got me
1: yeah yeah out of even though i love keaton and i I will always consider batman 89 to be like my batman the the really as a kid like i I know i watched batman 89 as a kid but what i remember stand out as a kid is the animated series yeah and conroy is you know as a, he should be thrown into every discussion about Batman because he's he might be the most legitimate.
0: Yeah, he is the voice. And yeah. that one, let's see. So that book was great, but sticking to this year. So yeah, I've just, I've just named like six Batman series. And that's not even everything that Batman's been in. And all of them have been good. And I will even say metal. Yeah. Like, good. It's just not... It's turning (laughs) toward kind of not for me. But in no way will I say that it's not fun. Like, it's stressful. Mm -hmm. Like, that last issue was a little stressful. But it's still worth reading if it's kind of your thing. So, it's not a bad book. Let's put it that way. It's not a bad book. So, I don't know any other character in comics that has been in so much and kind of fit any style, really. Yeah. Each cuz each book is different too, which is also kind of crazy that he can appear in so many and each one's different and yet he fits in every single one too. And I think that's just kind of what makes Batman Batman. And so there's just no other bankable character like him in comics, I don't think.
1: Now, what are your thoughts cuz this is the the latest news uh about the the verse, the DCEU. Is that uh, they're, the WB wants to go in a whole other direction uh, They're going to change the leadership And that uh, It sounds like uh, That Ben Affleck As Batman is going to appear in something The Flash I guess, Flashpoint uh, And that Matt Reeves is going to uh, It sounds like it's a pretty strong possibility He
0: will be recast For the Batman movie I think that they need to do it Uh oh interesting, hot take. take. I yeah, watch out. I loved Affleck and Batman vs. Superman. Uh Mm -hmm. I thought and it got me really excited for a solo movie because since he directed The Town, I thought if this guy can do a Batman movie in a similar style as The Town, like that would be a great follow up to like Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. But yeah. Affleck's just kind of like it. Just doesn't it doesn't seem. It just seems off. And with his performance in Justice League, it was it was all right. But somehow he got me more leaning towards. All right, that's your last time as Batman. Let's get somebody else in here. Let's kind of get. I like Batman solo. So if Matt Reeves is planning on doing more than one movie, which always surprises me that they keep saying that one, they keep calling Matt Reeves' movie The Batman. When Ben Affleck called it The Batman, I guess, when he was still writing and directing it. And since they've dropped him from writing and directing and hired Matt Reeves. So why is everybody still saying that it's called The Batman? I don't get it. And if Reeves wants to do his own trilogy, like Affleck can't stick around doing it for another decade. He's limited in a sense of the types of stories that he could tell by having Affleck. I think, you know, just kind of cut the cord. I don't think they really need to worry about trying to make it make sense for him to leave because is the general audience going to care. Like not, I, I just, I don't know that they will. Oh, another Batman. Okay. You know, you know, because there's, I think as it showed with justice league, like there isn't as big of a mainstream audience really following and caring. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's kind of like, you can just sort of reboot that section and just get a new, just get a new Batman and Bruce Wayne and Matt Reeves can go on his own little Island and create his own Gotham and just have his own world.
1: Well, it almost sounds like I don't know. It almost sounds like that's might be what they're doing. Is like they're not going to go for the the combined universe thing, um, and who knows? Maybe maybe I'm way off key here. But it, just from that last from that last article that I read from I forget who it was. Variety. But um, yeah 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 yeah. Um, it just sounds like that they're safe for Aquaman, which is already filmed sounds like they're kind of going to go back to the way comic book movies used to be where they were solo movies and, and that's it. Um, which, you know, I think there's an, an argument for where that, that's a, a better, could be a better storytelling um, uh, play because you can, you don't have to build to the team up like uh, Marvel does. Um, but I don't know. I I, I just, I'm a I, see. I feel the opposite. I feel like, that in both batman versus superman which i was not a huge fan of justice league i actually i enjoyed i think um uh, i would say almost like that and avengers seemed like it was pretty equal to me as far as uh comparing the two team up movies like I, I don't think i can necessarily point out i would say maybe if, See, I, I on the roundtable, it was hard to to express this too. Uh, I I think maybe Avengers felt better because they were able to build up to it after like a few years of building up your the the heroes in solo movies, and I think that was always DC's mistake of not doing it the Marvel. I know they didn't want to do it the Marvel way because they wanted it to you know be different. But there's a reason the Marvel way works, is that we we had several years in movies to care about all these characters and then see them meet in in a team-up movie. Whereas Justice League, we kind of got f- force-fed them to be teamed up.
0: It always surprised me because the word was that, or that you read, was that Warner Brothers was really trying to get, hurry and get to that Avengers-type deal with DC characters and getting that billion-dollar movie. And I, I thought well, hold on, you just had the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises each make a billion dollars, and it was just one hero. So you were already getting your billion-dollar movies. Why were you pushing to try and get more billion-dollar movies but in a different way? And plus, by having each movie feature a superhero stand alone, that's how you were different from that Marvel formula, and you could avoid the comparisons. And by taking these missteps now – it's almost like, oh, yeah, they tried and failed. That could almost be like the mindset. Now, I also understand that it's only like us nerds that are that are saying that and really believe in that. And you could talk to a group of mainstream moviegoers. They're just like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, I saw Justice League. It was fun. The end. Like, that's the end of the discussion yeah. and stuff, too. So I think just don't from like a filmmaking perspective, don't restrict an artist. Let them do what they want to do and just let it be. Like, it seems like with the Aquaman movie with James Wan, he's just, he signed on. He was kind of just given, given the keys to Atlantis and he just went away and made his movie. And yeah. Everything that has come out about that movie, granted, it's not much, but when you go for Juan's been signed as director, and then, you know, Momoa is, is going to be the lead, and then Amber Heard's going to play Mira, and then Pictures come out. It just seems like every universally, there's not much that people in this country can come together on these days, but Aquaman, everybody seems to like everything that's being talked about with that movie. It just seems like everything's Which, clicking with it say that 10 years ago and people are going to say what kind of joke are <laughs> yeah. you talking
1: about future man what
0: is <laughs> like oh no <laughs> that guy vinny chase no there's going to be this dude that looks like he ate vinny chase and he's playing aquaman okay
1: uh I, yeah i i um i don't know i see i and i i feel like that ben affleck was like the high points to to both those team-up movies like batman versus superman and justice league and i, I don't know I, I i've always been a fan of ben affleck and maybe that's my issue is that uh, i'm a fanboy of his and, and i don't want to see him go because he feels like he's a good fit like he's he, he's not keaton but he he's very close like he he's my second favorite live action uh batman um, and maybe it's because of his Bruce Wayne portrayal like, I feel like he, he uh, maybe brings a little bit more humanity to the role uh, I don't know if, that's, if I'm phrasing it right But um, I don't know I, I, I'm going to be sad to see him leave uh, Though I would be okay with Here's how you get me to uh, help you ship um, uh, Ben Affleck off You make The Batman uh, A movie that stars Michael Keaton as an older Batman who is oh, training boy. Terry McGinnis. If you give me that Batman movie, I am <laughs> way okay with getting rid of my, uh, with Ben Affleck.
0: Do <laughs> little Batman beyond action. What, what? I
1: I literally before, I think it was when Batman uh, was, uh, when Ben Affleck was cast as Batman. I wrote, let me see if my, if I can get to it before my phone dies. <laughs> uh, I have like a bunch of, like random ideas that I of things that I wanted to write. And one of them was a Batman Beyond-esque movie uh, that uh, I'll give you the date that I made this note, but it was called The Batman, and my notes were stars Michael Keaton as an old Batman. Uh, and I think it was actually at the time, it was before, before Batman versus Superman. I think it was... Um, I think my idea was to do it more like... Um, more like damn my phone died (laughs) Uh, to do it more like to do a real like Dark Knight Returns uh, storyline that was a little bit more faithful to the comic book but I also want to say that I think it was my Terry I thought it was my Batman I thought I think it was like my idea to lead to a Batman Beyond movie was doing the Batman which was going to be you know taking parts of the Dark Knight Returns uh, and making that work uh, better than it did in Batman versus Superman. And then uh, leading that to Terry McGinnis and Batman beyond. So that's how you get me to win over getting rid of Ben Affleck is oh. bring Michael Keaton back as Batman.
0: Listen, and if he were to come back for another movie, I, I have, I wouldn't have any issues with it or anything like that because Matt Reeves is, you know, he, he's, he's driving the car. He's the man at charge. And so it's just whatever he decides. And I mean, like it's up to me anyways. I'm going to see <laughs> that movie, whatever it is, whenever it comes out. I'll be there first day. So it's like if he feels like Affleck is the man for it, then it's like, all right. There's kind of no hesitancy on my part from it. I am I would have rather my hype level for Affleck still been where it was even a year ago. But it's, it's not so... Yeah, whatever happens happens
1: all right well uh we've hit uh we've hit the time where I, i'm starting to get sleepy so sorry uh no that's fine it's fine uh it's it's uh it's the east coast in me it's almost midnight here. Oh, yeah uh we've talked a lot about batman we've hit a lot of the notes that i planned on hitting tonight so i'm i'm happy uh i'm so excited that uh, we finally got you on. We've been working. I I want to say for the last like month, month and a half, we've been talking about getting you on. Yeah, it just
0: took me so, finally uh, getting a podcast mic.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's you're in. Like you need to start doing things on the regular now. You need to start guesting everywhere you can go. You uh, you're an official uh dark knight of the round table. Woo! So, so hopefully, uh, you know, when we do another one of those. Well uh you you'll be available for that. Though, though, I and I told um I told Craig who lives he was from the the Take Two podcast that was part of the Dark Knight Round Table mm-hmm. discussion on Justice League. He lives in I think, I think it's Maryland, uh is where they live. Uh so not too far from here. Uh and he might be the closest person that lives to me. I said, uh I, I just applied to do a panel at uh, Wizard World Philly for the Dark Knights of the Round Table discussing uh Infinity War. And then I also said to Wizard World, if you want to book us every day uh, of the con, we can totally find three other subjects <laughs> to make each show different.
0: <laughs>
1: so uh, so you know, open invite for you to come to Philadelphia in um whenever Wizard World Philly is. I think it's in, it's in May, I think.
0: All right. So it's it's just a so little drive. It, just a little drive.
1: Maybe, nope. <laughs> hey, you know what? I um I so I used to travel for work and we'll end on this note, I okay. guess. I used to travel for work. Um, I've, I've been to over half the country for, for that job. And at one point I got snowed in, in, um, in Indianapolis uh, at the airport. And uh, I, I, did I end up I now? I was probably uh, drunk at the airport because delays i just drink and drink and drink yeah. on the company's dime <laughs> uh and so uh i it's a little hazy i know that there was a 95% chance that i was going to run a car and drive home i think maybe a flight opened up last minute and i was able to fly home but there's a very good chance i know that i have driven almost that distance before uh, from Chicago to, to Philly. Ooh. So it's, you know what? No, I did it. I now remember. <laughs> flight never got, I would have to wait till the next day for the flight, and I said, fuck that. Rent me a car. I, I will drive home and make it, you know, and however long it took. So it's possible, my friend. Uh, I don't think you can go back and forth every day. That would be a little no, silly.
0: But... No, wouldn't do that. My guess, and I will Google map this, but my guess is that it's probably a 10-hour drive.
1: I think it's a I think it's like a a long. I think it's longer, if I remember. Mm. I th- I think it's like a twelve hour drive. I don't know. Uh, that's discussions for future Kevin Ryan. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, but there's an open invite if uh, you can get out to Philadelphia, and we are uh, and we we do uh, we are accepted to do the con. There's the the original Dark Knights of the Roundtable yes. get first bite at the apple uh, if they can make it out. On your own dime, of course. I unless was the world is paying, I'm not. Paying. Yeah,
0: I, I so. understand. And by the way, eleven hours thirty seven minutes.
1: There you go. So <laughs> I, my guesstimate was. Uh, <laughs> yep. You you can shave off an hour and a half though yeah, easily, easy, easy. <laughs> I mean, think about this. That's literally you just going from uh, your from Fort Wayne was yeah. it to to Chicago yeah. and back and then back to Chicago again. Yeah, that's all it yeah. is. <laughs>
0: done no problem
1: all it is (laughs) all right uh before we officially let you go ryan why don't you uh give out some plugs where people can find
0: you people can find me uh on the twitter at lauer underscore ryan and lauer is spelled like lower l-o-w-e-r and i warned on your show the last time i was on I'm still kind of figuring out Twitter, so it is all Batman basically on that. Which, which is
1: nothing wrong with. No,
0: that. not at all. With some other things sprinkled here and there, uh, but I try to keep it. I try to keep it fun. I'm not that sassy yet. <laughs> I want to be so that it can be a little funnier. I need to work on some improv skills through through the Twitter, which they don't have those classes at Second City of improv for social media. But we'll, you know, we'll yeah. work on that. And yeah, that's- you could, you could find, you could uh, be the founder of that. Oof, maybe make it, <laughs> Hey, everybody, let's just get on Twitter and just be shitty to each other <laughs> for an hour and a half. I like it. There you go. And uh, yeah, on as you mentioned, dark uh, a lot of good God of good people writing some fun stuff on there. So if you're a fan of Batman, it's a fun, it's a fun site to check in on at least once a day.
1: Yeah, no, it is. Uh, I enjoyed reading the site before I wrote there, and uh, and I enjoyed being part of that site when I was, and I still. Uh, there's a select few writers that I make sure I follow uh, on on uh, on DarkKnightNews.com, yeah. and and you'll be happy to know you're yes. So, and as
0: you mentioned, and then this will be the last thing, the um, the you liked like me doing the our favorite Batman, our favorite movies. I got to say those have been, like, I think my favorite things that I've done too. Because, and it's not even a ton of work. It's just me asking everybody, hey, give me your favorites. Give me your ranking. And then I'll just organize it and put it together. But it's just really fun reading everybody's comments. And then putting them in the order and everything. And And then going back through, much like with Eric's commentary for the metal stuff. Just going back through and reading it. Just reads really fun. It's it just yeah. the work putting it like every step of that process was just fun. So I'm pretty excited. I've got one that I'm working on to do by the end of the year, and it's it's more comic based because I think we'll probably get more attention by sticking towards movies because there's more fans of movies than comics. But we still get people looking at the comic stuff. But basically, just picking out everybody's favorite comic book issue of the year, and mm-hmm. I'm going to put one of those together. Not like. Favorite book, but issue like one issue. Yeah. So just to make a little That's more a fun,
1: Yeah. That's if you would have asked me, uh, God, circa new fifty two when when Scott Snyder first took over, whatever year that was, yeah. uh, issue five of Court of the Owls, uh, is is still uh, to this day my favorite issue of any kind. Oh, book.
0: you mean where you opened up and you're like they screwed up the printing. Yeah. That
1: issue. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where you like you read and a couple a couple pages in, you're like, What
0: the fuck? Yeah. God damn it, how can <laughs> they do this?
1: And then you as you turn the page you realize you uh, bought it. You 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 got had yep. you were
0: taken. Capullo got it. Well you. played, Capullo. You did it, you <laughs> you tricky bastard. Uh there's so many possible
1: names for the, this episode, including uh the two that are sticking out in my mind uh are Scott Snyder, I know you listen, and uh and Damn you Capullo <laughs> yeah. are,
0: are the two titles I got going. Damn you so or doing... what's his name? Tyrion. <laughs> Tyrion. Tyrion wrote that Batman comic. Yeah. <laughs> Alanis There's the so deaths.
1: many possibilities.
0: Yeah. Have fun with, have right. fun with that one.
1: I, I think I want to go. I want to go with the Scott Snyder one to see if he listens.
0: Yeah. Let's tweet it right at him too. Why not? I'll redeem myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, it, and, uh, in all seriousness he is uh i think he's still as of now like my favorite writer in comics uh though I, I, his crop of guys are like all right there behind them like they are creeping up on him like you said uh he he did good like assembling that his his bat family i guess yeah
0: i i can't i can't disagree like they, you say scott snyder is writing i'm like all right i'm there tell me Tell me where yeah. I can find it.
1: Yep, yep. I I am sad uh, that his time with the character is almost at an end yeah. after. I forget what the – what's the run called that he's going to end with? See, I thought Do that one
0: – that's not White Knight because that's what Sean Murphy's doing, but it's something along those uh, lines. Uh, Lost night. I think it's yep, Lost Knight. That's it. No, is it Lost yeah,
1: night? Yeah, I think that's it. Is that – yep, yep. So it's – it's. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to read that, but uh, a little sad. Though I think he even said that. Uh, it's not necessarily the end it's just uh he's taking his he's taking his direction elsewhere for a little while yep sad all right ryan well thank you once again for being on the show you'll definitely be back uh you are my go-to guy for uh dark knight roundtables and anything batman related thank
0: you i appreciate it this has been a blast Yes.
1: Uh, and hopefully you get to do more of these in the future. Maybe you start one you know, of your own. I'm, I'm always a big fan of people starting their own podcasts. Uh, so maybe you do. I highly recommend it uh, for everything is awesome. I am Kev. You can find us on facebook.com slash real awesome pod. That is where we sit around and talk about all of our live shows. That's where I usually announce them first. Uh, so it's a good place to follow us. Facebook.com slash real awesome pod. At the time that you're listening to, to this, we've already recorded our 100th uh, episode uh, at a Malcolm comics and coffee house, but you get to see us live at least one more time. Uh, but after 2017 in 2018 on January 28th, 2018, we will be performing live as part of the second annual Everything is awesome. Let's F Cancer Potterversary Show. It is a one-day festival where I gather a few of my friends who do podcasts. and We sit around and we perform live. It's a preview of what you can see at the Philadelphia Podcast Festival in June, this uh, in 2018. Uh, and it's also a great place and great time for us to try to raise money for the organization. Let's F Cancer at let'sfcancer.com. Uh, this, you know, it's a show that I put together in dedication to my uncle who we lost, uh, just over a year ago, um, to cancer. So, uh, if you can come out, uh, you'll see more information about that on Facebook in the coming days, or maybe it's already there by the time this releases, but that will be the next time you can see us live January 28th, uh, Oh, 2018 at tattooed moms in Philadelphia from one 1- p.m to 7 p.m i believe is the festival hours so i hope to see you there you can also follow us on twitter at real pod and you can find us on all the things uh but i mainly tweet from at that nerdy kev so check me there and of course we're on the core temp arts podcast network at core And we are on so many goddamn plugs. Awesomepodcast.com. That's it. I'm tired, guys. For Everything is Awesome, I'm Kev. We've been awesome. Thank you for listening to the Quartem Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Temp Parts shows, visit QuartemArts.com.